0: You found a message that was delivered at Living Streams Community Church in McCordsville, Indiana. We are praying the time you invest hearing God's Word encourages you in your walk with Jesus and inspires you to share Him with others. If you want to learn more about us or send us a prayer request, visit our website, livingstreamscc.org. Thank you for listening. Turn in your Bibles... John chapter 10 this morning. So when you find John chapter 10, we want to zero in on verse 11. John chapter 10 beginning with verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life the sheep. I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Jesus Christ is the good shepherd. Jesus Christ is a good shepherd for we may understand that it is Jesus Christ who feeds me. He guards me. And he rescues me. Jesus feeds me, guards me, and rescues me. In the 19th century, a Christian scholar by the name of Philip Schaaf, he was was compiling an eight-volume work about the history of the Christian church. And it was a really exciting time because in Rome... The Christian catacombs from the first through fourth centuries were being discovered and unearthed. And so people were really interested to see what was kept in those catacombs, in those Christian tombs, especially the Christian art world. Because they wanted to know, well, what kind of images, how did, how did they decorate their gravestones? What did that look like? And so Schaff says this about that uncovery in the 19th century... He says that their most characteristic symbols and pictures are the good shepherd, the fish, and the vine. These symbols, he wrote, almost wholly disappeared after the 4th century, but to the mind of the early Christians, they vividly expressed in childlike simplicity what is essential to the Christian of all creeds, the idea of Christ, and his salvation. The idea that Christ is the only comfort in life and in death. He wrote, The shepherd suggested the recovery of the lost sheep, the tender care and protection, the green pasture and fresh fountain, the sacrifice of life. In a word, he said, it was the whole picture of the Savior, was the Good Shepherd. Another writer by the name of Trench, he wrote, On no image does the early church seem to have dwelt with greater delight than this of the good shepherd. And Schaff added, added a footnote um, in his work. I'll Just one more quote I'll share with you. And they wrote, What was the popular religion of the first Christians? It was, in one word... The religion of the good shepherd. They looked on that figure and it conveyed to them all that they wanted. Did you know that? That you're a part of the religion of the good shepherd today? For the good shepherd conveys to us all that a heart could want. Now I should probably know this, this shepherd here, it's not from the fourth Century. Okay, they didn't. But it is from Austin Kern. And Austin made that for us. He cut that out of metal. I don't want to brag, but I knew you would knock it out of the park. So don't <laughs> let me. Thank you for not letting me down. But it's a beautiful thing, I think, when we have opportunity in our work. To glorify God with our hands, and that's exactly what you did. I appreciate it so much. All that to say that my heart today is to present to you He who is the Good Shepherd, and that He who is the Good Shepherd that He would bring to your heart today the same delight that He would bring to your heart today the same hope, that He would bring to your heart today the same satisfaction that He brought to those early Christians in Rome in the first four centuries. For they looked on that figure, and that figure conveyed to them all that they wanted. Jesus Christ is the good shepherd, for it is Jesus Christ, who feeds and guards and rescues me. So Jesus feeds me. I think about Psalm 23, the shepherd's psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, right? And in verse 5, in verse 5 of that psalm, we are assured that the Lord prepares a table for us. You prepare a table before me, it says. Jesus Christ The good shepherd feeds his people. He gives them manna when they need it. He gives them quail when they need it. He gives them flour and meat and oil. He gave one guy a grasshopper. Jesus feeds his people. And may we understand today... That the God who prepares the table before you, he knows exactly what you need. Jesus knows what you need, for he is your shepherd. Dare I suggest that Jesus Christ is your official registered dietitian, completely certified and able to serve today? Know that Jesus knows what will fill you best. He knows what will help you walk. He knows what will make your face shine. Because see, Jesus, he knows what you need. He knows what your diet lacks today. He knows what minerals you're deficient in. He knows what you're allergic to. He knows the things you consume which are not good for Jesus is your shepherd, and he knows what you need. And listen, Jesus knows what you need because Jesus knows you. Jesus knows you today. You know, when I was working on the farm, I had 600 sows that I had to feed every single day. And if you don't know, sows are like, um, like hog ladies, okay? Hog, hog women or, you know... Um. But when it came to what we fed those pigs, we were constantly adjusting the formula of what we fed them, the blend, the, the ration that we were using, whether it was the corn the corn meal or the, the soybean meal or a supplement of some kind or rice holes. Maybe we had too many rice holes in the feed. Constantly adjusting, constantly tweaking Constantly monitoring and watching. For each of those hogs understand, sometimes one of those sows would need a little more feed. And so we'd give them a little more of that. And then other times, another sow, she'd need a little less. And so we would give her a little bit less. But every day I would walk down those aisles and I would look at those sows and I would ask the question, what does that gal need? (laughs) You know, what she need? How can I make her as productive as she can possibly be? How can I maximize her ability to reproduce? And so for each one, I would adjust and give them what they need and see, Jesus, He knows exactly what you need today. Jesus sees you and He knows exactly what you need. He knows what your heart needs a little more of today. And He knows what your heart needs a little less. He's your shepherd. What if we were to let Christ feed us today? What if we were allowed to allow Jesus to be our sole chef? What if you and I were to feast on only? What Christ prepares for us only on God. The things of God. For understand the scriptures say that he satisfies the thirsty. It tells us that he fills up the hungry with good things. Jesus feeds us. I've got a little quote. It's not good, but maybe it will help you remember. The shepherd's food is lush. The world's food is mush. I mean, I know it's not as good as like, you know, burn the plow, cook the cow, right? That was better by far. But, you know, the shepherd's food is lush. The world's food is mush. Maybe we can get a limerick out of that. I don't know. We'll see. But the Lord is my shepherd He prepares a table before me so we can understand that Jesus, the Good Shepherd, He feeds me today. He's able to feed me. And know as well, Jesus guards me. Jesus feeds me. And know that Jesus guards me. The table that the Good Shepherd has prepared for us, it's interesting that in the second part, of that Psalm 23 verse 5 that I shared with you. It's interesting that that table is prepared, it says, in the presence of enemies. So the table that God has prepared, it says it's prepared in the presence of the enemy. Now, how is that dynamic possible? How does that work? Does it sounds a little awkward. How can I sit... And how can I eat and feast and grow in Christ when my enemy is in the presence? When my enemy is right beside, how is it that the one who hates me does not come and poison my food? How is it that the one who hates me when I bend down to take a bite that he does not sneak up from behind and slit my throat? How can that be? Because Jesus is my guard. Jesus Christ, the good shepherd, he is your guard today. In the past month, I've been spending time in a book called The Good Shepherd, a thousand year journey from Psalm 23 to the New Testament. And so in that book, the writer, Kenneth Bailey, he looks at the whole of Scripture to see how God has used that image, that picture of the good shepherd as a comfort for his people all throughout the ages. In the Old Testament, of course, he used the shepherd as a type, as a prophecy, and then we see the fulfillment of the good shepherd here in this verse in John 10:11, where Jesus declares that he is, in fact, the good shepherd And so in that book, he had some really neat background things about uh, shepherds. And he wrote that for centuries, shepherds have constructed round, roughly built enclosures in the wilderness using uncut field stones. Thorns, if available, are worked into the top of the wall And the herd is free to shelter for the night in these freestanding stone structures that have no roofs and no doors. So listen what he says here. He writes, the only vulnerable spot, the only vulnerable spot once the sheep are inside the sheepfold is across the entrance, across the door. If there is some dried brush in the area, the shepherd can build a small fire just outside the entrance to help protect the sheep. If he has a dog, he will place it beside the entrance, across which he will then sleep. And so listen, here's what he's saying. He says, in such a scene, the shepherd literally becomes the door. Okay? So we're out in the middle of the wilderness, right? Got all kinds of unknown things happening, dark things happening. The shepherd, he he builds this fence, he builds this pen to protect his sheep, to keep them safe. And so at night, he herds them into this pen, but there's an open spot. There's an entrance, right? A way to get in, a way to get out. And it's in that spot, in that door, that the shepherd lies down. Understand, Jesus Christ is your door. Can you see that? Jesus Christ. I mean, this is like really good news. Jesus Christ is your door. Jesus is your guard. And the question for us today, for those of us who are in Christ, for those of us today who would find themselves in that fold, in that safe shelter, the question for us is will we remain there Or will we walk away? Will we exit the entrance? Will we push our chairs back from the table that has been prepared for us? The question for us today is, shall we remain with Him? I think about the father who was grieved over his son. And the life that his son was living. And so one night, as his son was preparing to go out into the world and to live his life and to do his thing, the father, in a, in a final act of desperation, he threw himself on the floor before his son in the door, pleading with him that he would no longer pursue the destructive life. The father threw himself. Between his son and the door. And you know, that son, he stepped over his father and he walked out the door. That's what we do. Every time that I leave the fold of Christ, every time I leave his protective shelter and guard. Understand, we are stepping over the one who bled and died for me. We must not forsake his shelter. We must remain in the sweetness and safety of his fold. For the Bible says, Yea, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. For you are with me though the wolves would encircle about me, though I might hear them howl in the night, though the thieves plot and though they plan, though I might hear them scratching on my door, though perhaps I may hear them picking at my locks. Jesus is my guard. Deuteronomy 31.6 it says, be strong and brave. Do not be afraid of them, and don't be frightened, because the Lord your God will go with you. He will not leave you. He will not forget you. The Good Shepherd, Jesus Christ, is our guard. Are you living like that today? Are you living as Jesus? Is your guard. Are you living. That he who giveth his life. Is laying at the foot of your door. Today. Are you living life. Like that. Oh that we would live like that. (laughs) That we would teach that. I was thinking about our. Children. Just all of our. Children. And the the grandchildren and nieces and nephews and and all those that are represented here by you, may we be reminded today as we teach them and as we love them, may we be reminded that the moment will come when you cannot be there. The moment will come when you cannot, when you will not be there. And that tender life into which you have poured your soul, that life will stand over a fire of temptation. That life, someday, some moment, will come face to face with the enemy and there will be nothing that you can do. And so in that moment, which will come, who will be their guard? It's Jesus Christ. So may we live that and may we teach that, babe, Jesus Christ is your guard. It is only Jesus who can speak to our condition. It is only He who will ever keep the wolves at bay. Isaiah 43 says When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God. I am the Holy One of Israel. Jesus Christ is a good shepherd. Know today that he's ready to feed you. Know today that Jesus is ready to guard you. And is able the Good Shepherd, He feeds me, He guards me, and He rescues me. Jesus rescues me. I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their groans and have come down to rescue them. Acts 734. I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Zechariah 9, 11 to 12. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the 99 and go to the mountains? to seek the one that is straying Matthew 18:12 Jesus Christ is the good shepherd for Jesus Christ has rescued me Understand today that Jesus Christ walked from golden dust to the dirt of a soiled floor Why? Jesus Christ, he left praise and power for scourge and scorn. Why? Why would he do that? He switched his seat from an ivory throne unto a wooden cross. Why? Why would Jesus do such a thing? I got a letter this week from Miss Amy. I'm sure some of you have read it. But I think we need to read it here. And now, On December 12th, 2018, the adoption agency called giving the news that God had chosen not only one but two babies for Katie and Kenny. Fourteen-month-old twins, a girl and a boy, whose Bulgarian names were Joanna and Ivan. What a surge of emotion they had receiving that long-awaited phone call And then passing on the joyous news to both the foxes and the follies who had been waiting for them for so long. The rescue mission that had started in January of 2016 with choosing an adoption agency now moved into a new face with faces and names to go along with all of our prayers. It wasn't just the rescue of a child. It was now the rescue of Ivan and Anna. In July the last leg of the rescue mission formalized and dates were set to travel to Bulgaria. Katie and Kenny were gracious to give me the privilege of accompanying them on this special journey across the ocean. So on July 8th 2019 Ivan Samuel Foley and Anna Grace Foley were carried out of the Bulgarian orphanage... that they had been captive in most of their 21 months of life... aside from their time in the hospital due to their premature birth at 29 weeks. To our knowledge, this was only the third time in their lives... that they had seen the outside world. No orphanage is a good one, but as we have come to learn... Eastern European orphanages are particularly bad. Much trauma has occurred to these innocent little ones due to ignorance, neglect, and lack of resources. But God, in his great mercy, has seen fit to reach down and pluck them out of their hopeless surroundings and carry them home in the arms of parents who will love and care for them parents who will take on the challenges of their brokenness, both physical and emotional, give them a new name and a place to belong. On July 13th, after three plane flights and a two-hour drive in car seats for the first time, they arrived at their home on Crystal Lane in Winona Lake, Indiana. As of this writing, four months have now passed since their new life began, and it has not been an easy road. Every experience has been new for them, including being loved, and they don't know what to make of it all. Their world had been their crib, and their reality had been that their cries would not be met. As a result, they had turned inward for comfort and stimulation. God has given Katie and Kenny, the job of calling them back out. Every day, as they greet them in the morning, consistently, patiently, lovingly, tucking them into bed, they call them from their darkness back into the light, inviting them to trust, inviting them to feel, They've been rewarded with babies that are beginning to interact with their environment, make some eye contact, respond to the sound of their voices and crawl to them. How thrilled and encouraged my own heart was when on September 20th, Ivan Sam, as I've come to call him, made eye contact with me and I introduced myself to him as Graham. We take so much for granted. The Rescue Of Ivan and Anna is a picture of Jesus Christ's rescue of me. I was like Ivan and Anna, utterly helpless in my ability to free myself from my circumstances. Just as they were held captive in their crib, I was held captive in my sin. Just as they needed someone to come and rescue them, I needed someone to come and to rescue me. Just as Katie and Kenny crossed a great ocean and endured much hardship before they entered the doors of that Bulgarian orphanage on July 8th to free those babies, Jesus Christ made a much longer journey, leaving heaven to come to earth. He too endured much hardship before ultimately giving his life on the cross to break forever the bonds of sin that enchain me. Just as Katie and Kenny love Ivan and Anna in spite of their brokenness, God loves me in spite of mine. Just as Ivan and Anna have been given a new name, been made part of the folly family through adoption, I too am given a new name and made part of a new family. She closed it with Ezekiel 34. For this is what the sovereign Lord says I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, I will rescue them from all the places they were scattered on the day of cloud and on the day of darkness. In the Good Shepherd is found everything that the heart wants. Everything that the heart needs is found in the Good Shepherd. Understand today, He feeds you. He's able to feed you. He guards. He's able to guard. And He rescues. He can rescue you today. No matter how far, no matter how distant, no matter how deep the ocean, Christ can rescue us. I remember I was out uh, on, on the farm this spring and we got a call from a neighbor. And so the neighbor called, and he said, hey, you have a lamb that's stuck in the fence. And so I ran out across the pasture. I saw the lamb. It was tangled up on the other end. And so it was springtime, right? So I'm running through that mud, and and I walk up to the lamb, and I grab it. Man, I got bit by electricity because <laughs> it was wrapped up in the electric part of the fence. And so I, I tried to untangle the lamb, but that current was just going right through that lamb, and you could just see you know, the volts just pulsing through that lamb. And so I yelled to my cousin. I was like, hey, unplug the fence. But he couldn't hear me. And so I ran back across the pasture in the mud to the barn. And I unplugged the fence. And then I ran back again through the mud. And I got that lamb, untangled it, cut it free. And I, I picked up that lamb. And I, I put it on my shoulders. You know how they do in the pictures, right? And so I had that lamb here, and I walked back a fourth time through the pasture and the mud to put that lamb in the barn. And you know that lamb, that sucker fought me the whole way, the whole way to the barn. <laughs> I'm holding it, and it's just, it's kicking, and it, it's crying, and it's wriggling and writhing. I had this like a six-inch scab on my chest because with its hoof it just kept kicking and kicking and kicking. Are we fighting God today? Are you fighting God? He who is able to carry us in our weakness, he who is able to carry us through trouble and flame and water, are you fighting that? You see, we've all, we've got a rebellious heart, an outlaw heart that fights against love, that fights against humility, that fights against obedience, but there's a God (laughs) who's so much greater than the waywardness of my heart, whose spirit is so much more powerful than any fight that I could muster, than any kick that I could give. Christ is able to hold you and heal you today. I want to encourage you just to bow your heads uh, with me. And we're just going to ask God to, to come here into this place. I want to encourage you to speak to him this morning, whatever might be on your heart. What's the Holy Spirit impressing on you today? Is there a weight over your heart today? Is there a pushing or a prodding Do you need fed today? Do you need to sit down at his table and eat of choice? Come and eat. Do you need protection today? Is the enemy pressing in? Have you wandered away? Come and be guarded again. Enter into that fold, that shelter whose only entrance is at the door. Walk through into the shelter of Christ today. Do you need rescued heart? Are you weary and lost today? Heart, are you broken? Are you questioning? Are you panicking today? Is there no hope for you, heart? Is there no hope? Jesus Christ will come. Speak his name. Call out to him in the darkness and he will come. He'll rescue and lift. Father, I pray so much here that in this moment that each heart would have opportunity to meet with you. They would know Jesus. I can't, I can't see you, but I, I can hear you clearly. And you're calling me from darkness to light. Yeah. You're calling me from, from mush to lush. Yeah. You're calling me today from the barren into the green. Jesus, help me to respond to you. Help me to see you today as the good shepherd, the only one who is able to give the heart all that it wants, to satisfy the longings and to fill with good things. It is you, good shepherd. And together we come before your throne and acknowledge you as such. We lift up your name for you are mighty and you are great. The thought that you would come from that place in heaven and that you would giveth your life that you would lay yourself down at my door, my door. You are gracious and you are good. And we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen.